Hello and welcome to the Hardison and Cochran podcast. I'm your host, Bill Campbell. Today is episode six of the Team Autism North Carolina podcast series. If you've already listened to episode five, you'll hear a familiar voice as Nancy Popkin once again joins us. Nancy is a autism resource specialist at the Autism Society of North Carolina. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the transition to adulthood for those with autism and what changes after they get out of school. And once again, if you want to learn more about the partnership between Hardison and Cochran and the Autism Society of North Carolina, please visit teamautismnc.com. And here's the interview. Nancy, what, what is the hardest part of the transition for people with autism when, with their transition from uh, being a minor to adulthood? So I, I think the hardest part initially is the just the change in routine. So for a lot of our families, you know, the kids have been going to school. You take away that seven hours of structure and and if you don't have something planned for that seven hours, um, then, you know, it, it's, it's just like, a, you know, the parachute's just pulled out from underneath you. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, I will say from our perspective as autism resource specialists, when we talk to families, um, one of the, the challenges that we see is parents not planning for that soon enough. Um, and, and for parents who do start planning early, sometimes those services are still not available to them um, when their children exit school. So even though they did plan early, the wait list for services can be very long. And so there's a span of time where there isn't anything in particular, um, available to their kids. So who are now young adults. So those are two, two big issues. So there are like, and I don't mean to say that, that parents don't plan, but we do get calls from parents, um, from at the end of the school year to say, my, my son is about to graduate or my daughter's about to graduate. What should I do? And, um, and that's almost too late to be thinking about that. When people say autism, uh, I think a lot of times that they think of only children, um, and maybe the K through 12 aspect of it. Now, is there less understanding in a world that's not K through 12, the, the, the real world, so to speak, uh, of autism and adults with autism? Absolutely. I think one of the greatest challenges is that, um, I think there's an assumption on the part of the general public that, um, that somebody's going to take care of them. Um, you know, when they exit school, they go into a program um, of some sort. And and th- it's just not true. Um, there are programs available to some individuals with autism, but not everyone with autism just is taken care of, um, so to speak, with services and supports that they had even when they were in school um, and, you know, had the protections of the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. So um, adults face a lot of challenges, um, you know, if they need a lot of support and they're waiting in line for it, 
they can't necessarily access it right away. Um, that's an issue, but for some, they may not even be eligible for supports from the state. And, and so they're finding their way um, through other channels. And that means interfacing with individuals who don't um, understand autism. So if we think about, you know, going from that school setting to a work setting, um, you know, in the school setting, we at least expect that educators have some expertise, that there are people in place in the school facility, if not everybody, surely not everybody, um, but, you know, there are people who understand autism in a school setting, and there's a plan that goes with that person. But in a work setting, you know, we don't require employers to have, you know, certifications to work with individuals with disabilities. We really depend on their um, their kindness and and willingness to be flexible to work with someone with a disability like autism. So it's a big challenge. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, when you turn 18, I guess, I guess the view on it is, you know, it's time to get a job or, or go to college or something like that. And when they're turning 18, you know, that might, that might not be a possibility. What, um, what are the job prospects? What, what does it look like? Uh, if, if someone with autism wants to get a job, can they? So, the answer is 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 yes and no. You know, everyone ha- has the right to 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 work. I mean, I think that to to just, I mean, I I work with families a lot who feel like, well, my son won't be able to work when he grows up, and I I will always sort of say, well, why not? Um, and and you know, while autism is a very broad spectrum. There are a lot of ways that individuals with autism, whether they're affected, you know, mildly or more severely, can, you know, uh, contribute to our communities and to society in meaningful ways that enrich their lives. So they're not staying home all day doing nothing. Um, you know, so I think employment is a reasonable um, goal for every individual with autism. Um, and for some individuals, they may qualify for uh, supports, um, and so the you know they may have a job coach who goes to work with them, um, may work in a um, you know just part time, not full time. Um, but there are individuals with autism who are capable of working. Um, a full-time job and, and earning a, a living wage, you know, a wage that they can live on. Um, it is not common right now, but I think that things are changing and, um, and I'm hopeful for that because I'm, I'm a parent of a child with autism myself, who is an adult and is about to start that, um, job seeking process. So, um, you know, it's really important you know, for him, he wants to work. Yeah. And even, even before you think about getting a job, you, you know, you got to take care of the other necessities. One of those is housing. And, uh, yeah. What, and maybe you can just talk about that for a minute about, uh, you know, what changes when you're 18, uh, with basically where you're going to lay your head down at night. Yeah. And I, I mean, I should mention that, you know, with regards to both employment and housing that, um, many individuals with autism can apply to Social Security for something called SSI or Supplemental Security Income. Um, and so if they're not able to work, you know, full time and, and earn a living to pay rent, you know, as we're talking about housing, 
Um, there are, you know, support financial through Social Security um, that could be helpful. Um, and so, you know, with that, um, there are some agencies that provide um, group homes for some individuals, uh, but there are not enough group homes um, for everyone who is sort of coming up the pike um, with autism. Um, we know that our numbers of individuals who are adults um, with autism is going to really grow rapidly as this generation of kids comes out of school because of the diagnostic rates going up. So um, some other housing options um, are things like um, supported living, where maybe somebody can be coming in and checking on somebody who is living in their own place, um, if they're able to, to get an apartment, let's say, um, and somebody can check on them. Um, there are agencies that provide that service. Um, a lot of individuals with autism, I will say, will stay with their parents, at least in the short term, um, just because there aren't that many housing options um, that offer the kind of support that an individual with autism might need, um, at least initially. There are long waiting lists for those group homes. So we may find, you know, um, an adult with autism in their 20s or even 30s or 40s may be living with their parents still. It's very important for parents to be exploring housing options when their kids are younger, um, you know, in their 20s at the very latest to, to start knowing what that landscape is going to look like and planning for that. Um, because as parents, we're not going to be here forever for our kids. So um, it's also, I think, really important for parents to connect with other parents um, because as you know, other parents in the community and you may be in the same situation with kids about the same age or the same level of need, I think that there are opportunities to create some unique living situations um, where parents can cooperate and um, have their kids together, share services, those sorts of things. So it's really important for parents to be connected with other parents um, in their community. And the Autism Society of North Carolina has chapters um, all across the state um, which are great ways for parents to connect with the other parents, um, where they live. And I know, um, I know from doing this podcast, that there's a lot available for, for children, um, from the autism society of North Carolina, but what about adults? Do y'all offer any support groups for adults? So I mentioned the chapters just now. And, and, and so we have these parent support groups, um, through our chapters and some of the chapters will have, um, adult groups, that are connected with them. So it's really important to get in touch with the chapters um, and let uh, folks know um, that, that there's an interest in that um, for that kind of thing to be organized. So we do have adult support groups in some areas. Um, sometimes those groups can be offshoots of a chapter. Uh, so parents who, you know, have met through the chapter and have gotten to know each other, now they're their kids are adults and, and then they can create a support group for them. Um, and then I think the, the, our higher functioning adults sometimes will take the initiative to start their own groups. Um, and again, the chapters can be a clearinghouse for that as well. So we also do have um, a program called Ignite. It's um, in the Charlotte area. 
and that is for young adults with autism. And that's more of a program where they work on adult living skills, community skills. Um, and I think we're about to start a satellite program in another county um, of the Ignite program. So, so we're working on um, additional programming for adults. Okay. And if any, if, if anybody wanted to find out more about Ignite in the Charlotte area or, uh, any, or, or to call a chapter, where, where would they go to get more information? If you go to our website, it's www.autismsociety-nc.org. Um, look for, I think it's under the get help tab. Um, and there's a way to connect with your local chapter. Um, and you can also, I think on our website, we have a cool feature now. You can just look up your county and, and see all the services that we have available. Um, and that will include your autism resource specialist. And so connecting with your autism resource specialist for your county um, would allow you to, um, to ask about what other services are available. We may know of, of services both within the Autism Society, but also um, beyond. Um, that would be beneficial to support an adult, whether it's housing or employment or social. Um, the autism resource specialists are a great resource wherever you live in North Carolina. 